What's going on, everybody? Friday edition of the No Huddle Show, Fan Friday, as always. I'm Elliot Shore Parks. I'm here with Matt Lombardo. And as we always, well, actually, let me say this first. I'm pumped for this game on Sunday. This is going to be a good one. We've talked for probably, how many podcasts do you think now? We've talked about how big this, this two-game stretch is going to be. Yeah, probably back ever since, I don't know, maybe week seven or eight when this team yeah. looked like they could really make some noise and make a lengthy playoff run. Elliot, this, the two-game season is here. We've talked about this, mm-hmm. like you've said, for quite some time. We're going to know everything we need to know about the Eagles by the time we get back from Los Angeles. And it starts with Seattle. And we'll go through the position by position in a little bit. But I think the era of invincibility of CenturyLink Field is gone. I think the Seahawks are a very beatable team. But with that said, it's still one of the toughest environments to go on the road. The Eagles struggled there last year. But it's going to be fun, and it's going to be quite telling. And I will say this. So at the end of the episode, we'll pick a... We'll pick who we think is going to win. Obviously, as always, that's my tentative pick. I'm allowed to change it up until game time, as we know. It's but, the asterisk. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. You, you play but, by different rules, my man. <laughs> but but I will say this. I'm legitimately torn. And normally I feel like I have a pretty good feel on this team. Um, you know, not to toot my own horn, but I'm 20 and six since Doug took over. So I feel pretty good about, about my picks normally. I'm completely torn on this one, so I don't not know how me. you're feeling. But. Not me. I'm, I, I'm pretty solid in my prediction, and I can't right. wait to give it out. All right. Well, I, that's why I think this episode, I know the last few weeks when they've been playing teams like the Bears and the Niners and such, we haven't gone position by position, but this week we are going to do that because I just think, you know, wh- whether you think the Seahawks aren't the team they used to be or not, they're still, I think this is the hardest game the Eagles will have played up until this point of the season. Well, may, maybe the Panthers, but I think that the Seahawks are a Kansas little better. City. Kansas City, yeah, that's fair. That's fair. All right. Well, this is definitely one of them, though. Yep. It's definitely the toughest they've played since Carolina. So now we're all the way back in week six, was that? Week five? So, I mean, it's, it's been a while. Um, but before we get into it, since it is Friday, of course, that means it's Fan Friday. And shout out to everyone that's been leaving uh, reviews. I appreciate all of them. Um, so we're, we're getting pretty close to our goal of 300 by the end of the uh, yes, Rams right. game and then 500 by the playoffs. We're, we're inching closer and closer every day, Elliot, right. to that 300th five-star review, and we it's are. awesome. It's we great. are. So we're at 287 right now, um, which, uh, which obviously we appreciate. So, uh, Matt, do you want to go ahead and read yours first? Sure. Uh, this one comes in from... At Membrane Man, Eagles News Lifeline is the title of the review. Says, balanced and fair look at the team from up close. As a lifelong Eagles fan who now lives in D.C., these guys keep me feeling plugged into the team this exciting season. So thank you for that review. All right. And mine is going to be, it's a short one. Um, It's just called Great, which obviously we appreciate that title. Um, From Doc Doc Vader. Very nice. Five-star review. I'm from Ohio, so obviously I get no Eagles coverage. Elliot and Matt do an awesome job. So the reason we both we read those reviews is because we noticed that the more and more we do these, I mean, there's one, you know, from Utah. There's all types of good ones on here. We we've gotten reviews to, from Singapore. We've gotten yeah. reviews from all over the world. It's been crazy. Exactly. South Korea, we've gotten reviews from. None from North Dakota yet, though. Like, where's our North Dakota family at? I feel like, you know, Carson Wentz. So, all right. We want you guys to hop into comments, leave us a review, preferably five stars, but let us know where you're listening. Um, you know, I really want to see where you guys are at, how far away you are. If you're in Philly, that's cool too. You can let us know if you want the neighborhood, but we want to know where you're listening at. So um, every fa- as I said, every Fan Friday, we read a review. So if you leave it in the comments where you're listening at next Friday, maybe we'll put together a list of, uh, of everywhere everyone's listening to and we'll uh, shout you guys out. So- sounds like a great no huddle slideshow is what it sounds like. <laughs> there you go, exactly. It may be a little map there we there go. You go so uh all right so we got the fan friday thing out of the way and the la- other 
last thing I wanted to say too was we touched on it last week, but um, honestly, I had no idea how many of you guys are listening on YouTube. Um, we're getting a ton of YouTube listens every week. We're getting a ton of comments. Last time we had 71 comments, people debating back and forth about what we were saying. So, um, you know, if you're at work and you're listening and you want to debate about the show, YouTube's a good place to do it. But what we did was, and I'll shout out our producer, uh, Andrew, for this one. He, um, he put together a YouTube channel. So basically, if you just search the No Huddle Show on YouTube, you can look at all of our, you can look at, well, not look at, but you listen can listen to, to yeah. uh, listen to our episodes from throughout the whole season. And as soon as they're um, published on the podcast app, they go up on YouTube as well. So we appreciate everyone that's listening on YouTube and tried to make it a little easier for you guys there to, uh, to listen. So without further ado, let's get into this. Where do you want to start, offense or defense? Let's go with the offense because I think that's where the Eagles have a pretty big edge, in my opinion. But I think it's where the Eagles versus the Seahawks defense. So that's where you want to start. Well, if if you want to, sure. I I thought we were going just position in terms of who's the better quarterback, who's the better running back. But um, yeah, we could start with the Eagles offense against the Seattle defense because that's probably the marquee matchup that is going to decide this game in, in a lot of ways. All right. Well, if you want, we can do position by position for certain ones. I mean, I, sure. let's do I, let, first. Let's do quarterback. Would you rather have this Sunday Carson Wentz or Russell Wilson? It's Khalil an Mack easy one. Not for an me. option. Khalil yeah, Mack. it's an easy one for me. It's it's Carson Wentz. And okay. I think that when you look at what he's been able to do this year, leads the league with 28 touchdowns. Ruben Frank had a stat. Uh, the next touchdown he throws is his 29th. And it took something like eight or nine seasons for Tom Brady to throw 29 touchdowns in, in a regular season in his career. Wentz has been off the charts. He's won in close games. He's won in blowouts. He's won at home. He's won on the road. And I think that when you look at the experience as a rookie last year when he was throwing to guys like Jordan Matthews and Nelson Aguilar and Josh Huff and and really struggling with the weapons around him late in the season without Lane Johnson. I think the experience from CenturyLink Field a year ago is going to pay dividends for this team as a whole, but I think that going into that environment last season and learning from it is going to be huge for Mm -hmm. Wentz and the offense on Sunday night. So I'm kind of on the same page with you with this. I think Wentz, I think it's extremely close, put it this way. Um, In this game, maybe you would pick Wentz, and I I would take Wentz overall. But I think there is a strong argument to be made for Russell Wilson. I mean, this guy, is even though the Seahawks have taken a dip back, he's still playing extremely well. Russell Wilson has 23 touchdowns, 8 interceptions, already got 3,029 yards on the season, a quarterback rating of 95. So he's still playing at a very high level. Um, I mean, you can make the argument he's probably playing as well as Wentz is playing. And I think Wilson is one of the few quarterbacks in the league where if you swapped out him and Wentz, um, I think the Eagles, I, I mean, I think they would probably still be 10 and one. Um, I think there's probably only a handful of quarterbacks. Like you could say that. I think Wilson is probably on that list. Um, playing yeah, Wilson home, breeze, uh, uh we're just going guys that are healthy, right? Wilson breeze, Brady, uh, well, we'll, we'll, we'll put Rogers on there. Cause if Rogers was healthy, they sure. So, there. so there's Rogers there. There's probably five. And I don't know that there's more than that right now. I mean, yeah. the way Philip Rivers is playing, I think you can make that argument. But Rivers, nah, I don't think they're 10 and but but Rivers struggled pretty mightily in the first five weeks. So I don't think that he makes that cut. So and he's probably never, only, yeah, and he's never been like a consistent. Like, I mean, I would have to go and look. But how many how many years have the Chargers won like you know thirteen games under him? Like, I don't think he's they they feel like they're always like eleven five ten and six type team. 
Yep. So yep. But 20 touchdowns, seven interceptions, and a passer rating of 95. That, that's pretty much on par with what we've seen production-wise right. from, from Wilson. So I think that he's on the cusp of, the, of that group. But the bigger picture argument here is Wentz is really good. Wentz is – I do the weekly quarterback rankings. I have him at number two right behind Brady, and I, I had him at number one for two or three weeks. So to say that Wentz is already in that company after – less than two full seasons it really shows you how bright the future is for him and for this team and big picture wise I think this is their best chance to win a Super Bowl but they're going to be in the conversation to be the NFC representative in the Super Bowl for the next three to five years because of Wentz so but my only counter would be Russell Wilson Super Bowl champion you know almost two-time Super Bowl champion Seahawks are, are very tough to beat at home I mean this is like it, it's a lot of things kind of lean Wilson's way in this one just for this game. I agree with you that the fact that they played in Seattle already, the Eagles I'm speaking about, uh, with Wentz does help. And, I mean, you know, I'll honestly say when I was there last year, I wasn't that blown away by the crowd noise. I didn't think it was, like, everything everyone makes it out to be. Maybe my expectations were just too high. It was also a 1 o'clock kickoff out there, so I think that changes things a little bit when it's a Sunday night game and it's prime time. So I guess what I'm saying is, long story short, I would take Wentz, but I think – there's a strong, strong argument to be made for Wilson. I think this one's extremely close just because big game prime time in Seattle. I mean, yep. this is a game. This is a stage Wilson's played on a bunch of times. Um, yep. Wentz, you know, for as good as he is, hasn't played on this stage a bunch of times. Um, and, and again, I, you and I talked about this a little bit the other day. Have we seen any indication that Wentz can't rise to that occasion, whether it's in the postseason, whether it's going into Seattle, that Thursday night game on the road. Remember, he didn't have Lane Johnson and he still had a pass mm-hmm. rating, I believe, right around 100. He still had a, a pretty dynamic game, particularly in the second half, leading the Eagles to victory there. That was a huge stage. The second half against the Cowboys in Jerry World where his passer rating went from a 55 in the first half to a 150 in the second half. It just seems like every big moment, every big stage this season Carson Wentz has risen to the occasion I think that's what puts him in that elite company and that's why even though I agree with you that you can build a pretty strong MVP case for Russell Wilson because of what he's been able to do given the lack of a defense this year given the lack of a consistent running game that's been the backbone of their success and his success over the last couple of seasons he's still put up some pretty major production and he's still as Jim Schwartz pointed out this week comparing him to Hall of Famer Fran Tarkenton he's still one of the tougher quarterbacks to defend. But with that said, I still think that what Wentz has shown you this year at every turn, I give him the edge going into Sunday. All right. So we're, we're both going to go with Wentz. Um, you a little more confidently than me, but we're both going to go with Wentz. Yep. Um, all right. So next, let's do uh, let's do the uh, Eagles. So you, you mentioned, you know, the lack of weapons around uh, Russell Wilson. Let's start with the Seahawks offense in a way. So the Seahawks offensive line versus the Eagles defensive line. Um, the Seahawks offensive line on this season, obviously it's been, it's been written about and talked about not very good. Although I will say 15th in the league right now in sacks given up 26. Um, that's on part of that goes to Wilson's mobility too. Right. Yeah. And I mean, you know, the giants are, are, are tied with them and we both know the giants offensive line we've seen is complete garbage. So, I mean, the Seahawks, uh, offensive line is not very good. This seems like a slam dunk for the Eagles defensive line, right? 
I think so, too. And I think that when you look at the Eagles defensive front and what they've been able to do with Jernigan and, and Cox and, and the emergence of first round rookie Derek Barnett and Brandon Graham with a career high seven and a half sacks so far this season. Dwayne Brown hasn't played since week 12. I don't believe he's going to be in the lineup on Sunday night. Um, he's been dealing with injuries ever since he got acquired in that trade from the Houston Texans. So they're in rough shape. And, you know, Jim Schwartz talked about this and I wrote about it this week in one of the key matchups. Elliot, I think that we we can talk all we want about the offensive line versus the defensive line, but in terms of containing Russell Wilson, I think it's going to come down to, and the game might even be decided by this, Michael Kendricks against Russell Wilson. Because if you think what they did against Cam Newton and particularly against Dallas, you know, Dak Prescott you know, ran for a couple touchdowns this year and particularly against Atlanta where he was running for his life, had that one rushing score. They used Kendricks as a spy on Prescott, kept him in check, sacked him three times. He turned the ball over four times. If Kendricks can have that kind of success spying against Russell Wilson, keeping him either in the pocket or unable to shake loose, that's going to be a big edge for Brandon Graham coming off the corner. That's going to be a big boost for the interior of that that defensive line where you're going to force the Seahawks to hold their blocks a little bit longer. So as much as we want to talk about the Eagles defensive line being better, which I think it is. Michael Kendricks against Russell Wilson might be the key matchup of this entire game. And, and the other thing I'll say is, and I'm sure I'll say this and then people will tweet me and comment saying I'm wrong, but it feels like the Eagles defensive ends are not great at finishing sacks. I mean, Brandon Graham, you know, I, what's he have this year? He's he have seven and a half. Year? So seven and a half. Okay. So yep. he has a career high. He's yep. on his way to double digits. But prior to this year, has never had double digits. Five and a half was his high. Uh, Vinny Curry, I think, has done di- double digits once, but only had two and a half last year. Derek Barnett, I think, has shown this year he's pretty good at closing when he gets there. But, I mean, to your point, I think the Eagles' defensive ends are really good at getting pressure. They're not always great at finishing. And that's – especially against a guy like Russell Wilson, that's when things can really get ugly because if they crash along, you know, around the corner and miss on Wilson, then you have a lot of space to the outside. So I agree with you. Kendricks is going to be huge in this game. He did the job against Cam Newton, showed he's capable of doing it. And it's funny to think of where they would be had they not – had they traded Michael Kendricks, especially with all, you know, the the Jordan Hicks being gone and Joe Walker now dealing with a bit of a stinger, although I think he'll probably play. Um, so yeah, Kendrick is going to be huge outside of that. I agree the Eagles pass rush. I mean, there's probably not an offensive line in the league. They would go up against where you would give them the edge, but especially against the Seahawks. I mean, they, 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 they could, they could be the reason the Seahawks only score like 13 points. I mean, yeah, and with that said, even though we can talk about the Eagles generating a lot of pressure, and not a lot of sacks, they're still six in the league. They have 31 yeah. sacks. Uh, the Jaguars, not surprisingly with all that talent up front, they lead with 41. Pittsburgh has 38. Uh, Carolina has 32 and the Rams at 31. Um, just to show you how far the Seattle Seahawks have tumbled. They're 13th in the league. I know that they only have two fewer sacks at 29, but the Eagles have generated a lot of pressure on opposing quarterbacks. And even though they might not have got gotten sacks, they still have forced a lot of turnovers. And you look at what the Eagles did um, against Russ, against uh, Dak Prescott, excuse me, down in Dallas, they humiliated them. And, and you yeah. look at on the season, they have 16 interceptions that's second in the league behind the Baltimore Ravens. And now that you have a healthy Ronald Darby, now that you have this secondary with Jalen Mills playing with a lot of confidence as the year has gone along, it, it's really been kind of coming to fruition what we've talked about over the last two years, Elliot, build a dominant front four, generate pressure up front, and let the back end do its job. And they're doing that right now, which we can talk all we want about Wentz, and he's certainly been the driving force. We can't lose sight of how good this defense is. And you talk about the Seahawks over the years, the Patriots, the Steelers. Those teams go to Super Bowls on the backs of dominant defensive play, and that's what the Eagles are getting right now. 
So agreed. Eagles pass rush has the edge over the uh, not the Falcons. God, the the Seahawks uh, offensive. (laughs) Yeah, different bird. Exactly. Although Falcons, I mean, they're they're not playing around now. But all right. Um, the uh, let's now do the Eagles defensive line in terms of their running game against the Seahawks offensive line and their running backs. Uh, the God, I'm just naming all types of different birds right now. All right, the the Seahawks running backs: Thomas Rawls, Eddie Lacy. Not that great. Eagles have better running backs than the Seahawks do. Yep. And the Seahawks aren't that good at running the ball. They're 20th in the league heading into Sunday. They average 102.9 yards a game. Obviously, the Eagles, they're number one against the run. I mean, they're one of the better run defenses that I can remember for the past few years. Um, I know Rube from CSN, right? So they're historically great defense. He's seen a ton of football. So, I mean, I think this is pretty clear as well. Eagles have the edge there. I would be very surprised if the Seahawks ran the ball um, on them. Holding the Bears to six yards goes a long way towards yeah, they were helping you become in the NFL. Yeah, I mean, yeah, helping you that. become the number one rushing defense. That that's a that's an absolutely dominant performance in every facet. And that was Jordan Howard out there. It, it's not like they were right. stopping um, some veteran journeyman running back. That was a top ten like running back in the league. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. And they they held him to negative yardage through about three quarters. So I, I couldn't be more confident in this game that. You know, the Eagles running defense, while they've been outstanding, I think they will be again. But I'd, I'd caution people that the numbers might take a little bit of a dip if Russell Wilson is able to shake loose and make some plays with his legs. But yeah, I don't worry too much about Thomas Rawls and Eddie Lacy. I don't either. I'd be surprised if the Seahawks running backs totaled more than 50 yards. Um, I agree. Russell Wilson's a potential threat. But again, that's where Michael Kendricks comes in. Yep. So, um, you know, if he can get the job done, I don't think the Seahawks can be able to run the ball. All right. What about the Seahawks passing attack versus the Eagles secondary? Um, Eagles secondary has obviously been one of the bigger surprises of this season. They're playing really well. Uh, Seahawks, they're they're pretty good passing the ball, though. 260 yards a game, which is seventh in the NFL. Um, you know, Russell Wilson, obviously, as we said, has played well. The Seahawks receivers of Doug Baldwin, one of the more underrated receivers in the league, in my opinion. Uh, Paul Richardson and Tyler Lockett in the slot. Uh, what do you think about that matchup? I still like the Eagles secondary. I like Doug yeah. Baldwin a lot, and I think that he's put up some pretty big numbers this year. But I just go, go back to watching that tape of Ronald Darby against Des Bryant and what he did to him in the end zone, breaking up that touchdown. And the Eagles didn't even travel Darby against Bryant. They, they just kind of lined up. If he was on the left, he was against Darby. If he was on the right, he was against Jalen Mills or vice versa. And, you know, the fact that you didn't see a drop off from Darby to Mills and that Darby in his first game back was that dominant. I think has given you a little bit of a glimpse of how good this secondary can be. And you saw it last week, too. And I know that Mitchell Trubisky is a rookie quarterback and looks completely unequipped to be starting at this point. But they didn't get a first down until the third quarter. And I know that it's a completely different beast going up against the Seahawks. But at every turn and against almost every matchup, whether it's an elite receiver, whether it's just pedestrian receivers, whether it's elite quarterbacks, whether it's average quarterbacks, this secondary has held its own. It hasn't really broken, hasn't given up as many X plays, nearly as many X plays. Remember, much we talked about those 20 yard or longer passing plays last year in the year prior Elliot that hasn't been a theme this year and I don't think that's going to change this week either so I think that this is a tougher matchup for the Eagles than the Cowboys were just because I think Des Bryant played into the one of the Eagles strengths with it which is at least for Jalen Mills just being physical Ronald Darby it surprised me how physical he was and he played really well against them not that the Seahawks receivers are 
are lightning quick by any means, but I do think outside of the slot, um, you know, where Cole Beasley has decent speed and Tyler Locke is pretty quick too. But I think that this is a bit of a tougher matchup for the Eagles cornerbacks than it was against, against the Cowboys. Um, it'll be interesting to see if they do travel, travel Darby. I don't really like the matchup of Doug Baldwin versus Jalen Mills. I feel like that's not, that's not a good matchup for Mills. And the bigger issue here too is the Eagles have not faced a ton of great quarterbacks this year. I mean, if you go through it and you look, I mean, would you call Kirk Cousins an elite quarterback? Not elite. I think he's in that and top 10 he's been probably, consistently though, right? probably in my top 10, top 12. Uh, at the time when they played Alex Smith, again, things changed throughout the course of a season. He was right. probably a top four or five quarterback, but it was week two, right? right. So coming off of winning in Foxborough and all of those things. Um, but outside of Cousins, outside of the timing of playing Alex Smith, outside of Cam Newton, who's probably only a top 10 or top 15, I think I had him at number 15 in this week's rankings. You're right. They haven't played that many elite quarterbacks. Ben Roethlisberger's not on the schedule. Tom Brady's not on the schedule. You don't play Derek Carr until Christmas night. So Wilson, Russell Wilson might be the toughest test that they've played at the position so far this year. And to me, that'll be that's why it'll be interesting to see, because, you know, we talk a lot about the playoffs and what could bring the Eagles down um, elite quarterbacks, obviously. And Russell Wilson is one of those. So I'll be very interested to see how the Eagles secondary does against that. I mean, it's one thing to beat up on Mitch Trubisky and, and CJ Bethard. Uh, so with that being said, I think I might actually have to give the advantage to the Seahawks passing attack versus the Eagles um, secondary in their past defense, just because I haven't seen them do it against elite quarterbacks yet. And I don't think the matchup at receivers is, 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 uh, is, is as strong as it was for the Eagles cornerbacks as it has been in past weeks. So I'm going to give the advantage to the Seahawks passing attack versus the uh, Eagles pass defense. Do you agree? Or are you going the opposite? Yeah, I, I think I give the Eagles a slight edge only because I think they've been so good up front with the front four. And I don't think that changes. And I think uh, on the back end, if you're going to keep, get, you know, make Russell Wilson uncomfortable and knock him around, that's going to help the back end of your defense. And I think that they've played really well. The fact that they've intercepted 16 passes this year, um, they've still played what well, we can point to the, the not so elite quarterbacks. They've lined up against some pretty premier uh, wide receivers and they've passed a lot of those tests, even without Ronald Darby. So I give the Eagles a slight, slight edge over the Seahawks receivers. All right. Now let's do the Eagles passing attack versus the Seahawks secondary, a matchup that and you know, a lot of years you would say, all right, well, that's clearly the Seahawks get the advantage there against almost any passing attack just because of Richard Sherman, Cam Chancellor, guys like that. They're not there anymore. The, nope. the, I mean, Cam Chancellor won't be playing. Richard Sherman won't be playing. They'll be starting Jeremy Lane and Shaquille Griffin, a cornerback. Uh, Earl Thomas will play. I'm not sure who the Seahawks will be starting at safety. I haven't seen that yet, but it, it's not going to be Cam Chancellor. So you feel like, you know, that, that obviously helps the Eagles. Um, Earl You're going to see some Byron Maxwell, too. Yeah, you might even see some Byron Maxwell. That's right. The Eagles uh, Eagles fans' favorite cornerback. Um, but as Wentz talked about on Wednesday, Earl Thomas is still a complete difference maker. I mean, he basically, the way Wentz described it, he doesn't really have a lot of responsibility. He just kind of, they, they trust him to go back there. Um and they trust him to just basically do what he wants, use his instincts, and make plays. So he's a bit of a wild card. Now, I'll be interested to see how Wentz handles that because Wentz is a guy that is very much like studies the film, knows what he sees type of thing. I wonder how he'll deal with a player that there's no tendencies. He's not going to be able, completely sure what he's seeing before the snap from Earl Thomas. Um, that being said, the Eagles receivers have played better over the last weeks. Obviously, Alshon, we, we had an entire pod on him about how he's playing well and how that's impacting things. Um, Torrey Smith not playing that great so far, and then Nelson Aguilar. So 
I mean, where, where are you leaning on this? I guess I would probably lean Eagles, but I mean, Earl Thomas, you know, I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, I, I lean Eagles slightly here. And it's only because you're not going to have Cam Chancellor and because you're not going to have Richard Sherman. If those guys are uh-huh. healthy, I, I think that it changes a lot of the dynamics of this game because I think that would be arguably the strongest secondary that Carson Wentz has faced. But that's not the reality of what we're going to see on Sunday night. And I think right. that Alshon Jeffrey, what he's done over the last four games, and Nelson Aguilar emerging as a legitimate weapon in the slot, Zach Ertz as the number one tight end in football at this point, maybe number two or three at the, the bare minimum behind Gronk and Travis. Travis Kelsey, I think there's enough there for the Eagles to just overwhelm the secondary of the Seattle Seahawks. And that's the thing. I mean, when you look at the Seahawks defense and you look at their stats, you know, top 10 in points at only 19.3. They're eighth in the league in yards allowed. They're, you know, 10th in passing yards, ninth in rushing yards. The issue is a lot of that was done with Richard Sherman and Cam Chancellor there. So, you know, you're you're facing a very different defense. I am going to give the edge to the Eagles uh, passing attack. So it sounds like overall – We've leaned Eagles in a lot of them. I think you have in every one yep. and I have, except for uh, I gave the edge to the Seahawks passing attack versus Eagles secondary. So yep. seems like we know where you're going. So, all right, let's tie it. Let's make our predictions. Who do you think is going to win on, on Sunday? I think you could tell I'm leaning Eagles in this one. I think the Eagles win the game. I don't think it's going to be the blowout that fans are used to seeing or this team is used to playing in. And that's a good thing because eventually you're going to have to play in, in close games against premier co- competition. The Eagles haven't really done that this year, and they're going to have to do it in the postseason if you hope to go to the Super Bowl. Give me the Eagles going on the road against the Seahawks 24-20. to 20. So you think the Seahawks cover then? I think the Seahawks cover the the six points, yes. All right, so I'm completely torn on this game because part of me feels like I don't think the Eagles are going to win both games on this West Coast trip. That's kind of what my gut's telling me. But I think they're going to beat the Rams. Like, I'm pretty confident about that. We probably don't – there's probably nothing we disagree on more than that Rams game. Correct. So so it'll be (laughs) interesting to see. I mean, that that, that pot will be fun, especially the post-game one. But so I don't think they're going to – so if I don't think they're going to – win both games on the road. I think they're going to beat the Rams. Something tells me they're going to lose to the Seahawks. They, Do you but, think you know, the Rams are the easier matchup than Seattle? Just so – I'm not trying to get into to, to, you know, pre-debate the debate, but you're yes, just saying you think – I don't – yes, but here's – the reason I think that is because I think it's tougher to go into Seattle than it is to go into L.A., um, and that's really what it comes fair. down to. Yeah. And, I don't, and I don't think the Rams are as good as people think they are. So I think that the teams are slightly even. I think it's a little – and also I will say they'll be out on the West Coast for a full week by the time they play the Rams, which hurts them actually. But so basically what this comes, comes down to is this. I think that if I was going off of they're going to lose one of these games, I think it's going to be the Seahawks. But I just can't pick them to lose. I mean, they've won nine in a row. They've won, I think, like, what, 12 of their last 13 or something like that. They've passed every test this year that they've come up against. You know, when the playoffs come, that'll be a different thing. But it's not the playoffs yet. I saw them go into Carolina and and beat the Panthers. Go into Kansas City, and, yeah, they didn't win the game. But I think we can both agree they stepped up to that challenge in terms of they didn't shrink to it. I mean, they they played well against the Chiefs. The Seahawks are banged up. The Seahawks need to win more, but the Eagles need to win too. I mean, they're, they're trying to get the number one seed in the NFC. Yep. I think even though Russell Wilson, and I think, you, like I said, you can make a strong argument to take him over Wentz. Wentz is still really, really good. So it's not like the Eagles have a serious disadvantage there. Um, man, am I super torn on this one, but I think, I'm, I think I'm leaning Eagles. I think that's my pick right now, just because literally only for the fact that I don't think picking against them is a smart move right now. And and just looking ahead really briefly here, uh that game against the Rams could be 
for if not the number one seed at the moment, it could very well be setting itself up to be a, a a deciding factor in the race for the number one spot. This week coming up, the Rams go to the Cardinals, which is a very winnable game for L.A., yeah. but the Minnesota Vikings – Vikings have a really tough game here. They have to go to the Mercedes-Benz Stadium in Atlanta and play the Falcons, who, with the, Falcons win with the exception of the Eagles, might be the hottest team in the NFC right now. I think Atlanta wins that game, which if you just project out, let's say the Eagles win against the Seahawks. Let's say that the Minnesota Vikings lose to the Falcons, which I think we both think is going to happen. That would drop Minnesota to 9-3. and three. Let's mm-hmm. say that the Rams hold serve and they beat um, the, the, the Cardinals. Arizona Cardinals. They're 9-3. and three. Eagles could be going into L.A. at 11-1 and one against a 9-3 and three Rams team, and the Rams could chip into that lead, and if it comes down to the Eagles stumbling in those final three or four games against the Cowboys, Giants, and uh, Raiders, Raiders. – it could be a tiebreaker where the head-to-head goes to L.A. or if the Eagles take advantage, they could conceivably, not officially, but they could, for all intents and purposes, wrap up home field by beating the Rams next week. So these are two yeah. monumental games, and their competition in the playoff race, they have some big tests this week. This mm-hmm. is Show Me Something Sunday in the NFC. For sure, and that's why, even though I like it's just something about me – about this feels like a loss. The Eagles have just stepped up to everything, and I think we see it every week. I mean, sometimes the fans can't really see it because I'm not sure what the pregame shows. But like, you can always see how hyped this team gets before games. And I think in the in the last uh, in the video the Eagles put on um, on Twitter uh, of the postgame locker room after their latest win, Malcolm Jenkins said, and you know, players said it too. But Jenkins saying it to his team, I think, means a little more than them saying it to the media. This is it. This is our. This is time to show the NFL what we can do. And yep. I don't think that's a stage they're going to back down from. It's so a two-game season. Yeah, yeah. We've been talking about it for, for weeks. Their season comes down to what they do over these next two weeks. And it would be – I'll just – I mean, I think we both agree. It would be incredibly impressive if they won both of these games. I mean, yep. that would be yep. unreal. If they if they won both of these games, come out at – what would they be, 12-1 and one at that point? Yeah, um, with, I mean, with a three-game cushion, I believe, with three to play. So, right. Which so means they, they could they could conceivably lock down home field by beating the Giants at MetLife. Right. So it's going to be obviously an exciting game. We'll we'll have the post game pod for you. It'll be nice because we'll be on West Coast time. So you yeah, guys yeah. probably won't, you yeah you guys probably <laughs> won't listen to it till Monday morning. But we'll probably I mean we'll we'll have it up for you uh, after the game at some point. Um, so we'll have the post game pod for you then. We'll have the. Uh, hot take pod for you on Tuesday. So if during the game you're listening and you have a take that you want us to read or discuss, tweet us at hashtag no huddle show or email us at the no huddle show at nj.com. And we'll talk about it on Tuesday's pod. And as we said at the beginning, if you're going to leave a review, which we really appreciate, please make sure to say where you're at. Cause we're going to talk about on next week on the uh, fan Friday next week, where, where people are at, where they're listening to. So, all right, we're both picking the Eagles. We'll see what happens, Matt. I will see you in Seattle and talk to you after the game. See you at Starbucks, man. Yeah, there you go. This is Matt's ultimate trip right here. Uh All right, talk to you guys later.